0: And we are live on Barry Flow Upstream number 45, here with our regular cast today. Uh, we've got a, quite a few things to actually discuss. Uh, I want to thank Chris for coming on with us as always. How you doing, man? Not good. Yourself? I'm doing quite well, quite well. Brandon, how about yourself, man? I heard you were, you were kind of camping before our Upstream on the couch. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I lost track of time. I thought Upstream was at 8.30 for some reason. <laughs> and I was just chilling on my couch when you're like, yo, where are you? And I'm like, oh, man, got, got to get back on.
0: S- someone tweet Elbrun Ducko. <laughs> Let him know that stream is always at 8 p.m. basically. <laughs> Except for that one time we tried to use VVM meetings and Google said no. <laughs> what about you, Alex? How you doing today?
2: Doing good, doing good. Just, you know, I always get here early and chat with you beforehand because we're good. We're good people. So, you know.
0: <laughs> good people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, maybe by the end of this conversation, people may not agree in terms of the, our our faith in Blackberry. <laughs> hey, don't get that started now. Can I
1: just mentioned something beforehand. That gif. No. That God. gif used on your BBM channel for the one hour two show. Uh, that's a dope gif. I'm I'm just gonna say it, that's one of the best gifts yeah. I've seen on BBM
3: channels. So
1: thank
0: you, thank you very much,
1: giffy Very impressive stuff. Very impressive stuff.
0: That's.
3: Giphy. I'm smoking this one. If you guys don't care, well. Too bad. If you do care,
0: then too bad. <laughs> let me let me get on a plane right now and tell you now. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you, Brandon. I found that like literally googling gifts of underwater rise. I don't know how I found it, but I'm glad I did it. does look cool. Uh, I want to get started here, guys. Let's talk about Watch Dogs, BlackBerry's latest acquisition. Basically, this company, very interesting buy for them. They're kind of like the secure Dropbox. They're used by quite a few different uh, vendors and different organizations out there. I found it was pretty interesting the acquisition. They tout 150 of the Fortune 1000, six of the top 12 equity firms, five out of six of the major Hollywood studios, and three of the top five civilian government agencies. What do you guys think of the acquisition? Do you think BlackBerry is actually going to be able to really utilize this purchase? What are some of your thoughts?
2: You know, I, I think anything that they buy that's security focused is is a win-win. Um, they're really focusing in as a company and they're taking everything seriously. Security is what they're best at. So any acquisitions, I think, you know, if they have so much money built up, they need to start making acquisitions that, you know, help bring in that software uh, revenue so that they can hit their targets. And I think this is, you know, a great, you know, acquisition, just security-based and makes sense.
1: I think it's a matter of uh, not so much the functionality, but I think it's, uh, well, it is a bit of the functionality. It's the fact that they have that user base already. BlackBerry can just turn around and flip that and, and use that in their services so that they don't have to actually create their their own version of it and have to get buy-in on it they already have people and user base using the software and and this technology that they're buying off of them so it's a smart move from that aspect and it's security focus so it just emphasizes their identity even more
3: I just like how it sort of kinda of came out of nowhere I mean we had early reports in the morning and then basically Blackberry ended up confirming it later on in the day uh, that they actually went ahead with the purchase and one of the things that I'm kind of interested in is how it could actually be useful to me as well because you know as we know a lot of the stuff that they're acquiring now and putting out on the market is essentially for enterprise but I see use, use cases here for me as well that I could actually go ahead and, and make use of. But at this point in time, we don't we don't know exactly like is there gonna be Blackberry 10 apps for it, whatever the case may be. We don't know that as of yet, where everything just got announced pretty much last week. So it's gonna be interesting to see what they actually do with WatchDocs more than anything else.
0: It's cool. Basically the solution has quite a few tiers to it, right? It talking secure mobility, secure external sharing, and as well you have kind of a real time availability for insider threats and things of that nature. It's definitely such a, a very a kind of robust offering from them, right? This is outside of the scope of what they've been doing. We have them over to the SecuSmart acquisitions. All of those seem to be tailored, very tailored to a specific kind of use case. This is very broad. So as Blaze said, great point to bring up. There's a lot of potential to bring this to users in a lot of different ways. I think they have the encryption and control, they've got control permissions, they can track and audit files, so I can you know, wipe a file from your device that I've sent you already. Really cool stuff. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think this is, I mean, they're using it on five out of the six top Hollywood studios, and I find think that's kind of important. It's such a, it's very, very focused, it seems, on that yeah. part of the market.
3: Well, 100% is one. <laughs>
1: Well, based on reading the uh, description online, it kind of seems like uh, a BlackBerry Protect, but for files. Instead of just your device, it it works on files. So apparently it has the ability to wipe files from any device even after they leave the network, which is definitely something that is important to enterprise because if you have a file that could have some confidential information, you want to be able to track that down and delete it and make sure it doesn't get into the, the wrong hands or or the competition, for instance, which I guess is the wrong hands as well. Yeah,
2: yeah I mean, I, I wonder if the, it would be interesting, too, if um, I know, for instance, they added in that screenshot functionality within the BBM. So if you take a screenshot of, I think if any text that they send you, a timed text or a timed picture, I wonder if there's also screenshot functionality in this. So, like, say that you view the, a document on your device, and if you screenshot, I wonder if it would be able to tell and then, like, notify you know, the company that there's been a screenshot that could possibly, you know, share. I
0: wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, Alex. They have tracking and auditing. And I think as part of the auditing, they'd have to have something to, you know, to determine whether a file has really been taken outside of the network or not. It's, it's definitely a cool, cool acquisition. I want to talk on some of the industries that they're involved in because the industries speak directly to what BlackBerry is going for, energy and utility, financial services, government, public sector, healthcare, life sciences, media, entertainment, technology, and manufacturing. That is BlackBerry's target demographic, you know?
3: Yeah, that pretty much sums it up, like, all-encompassing right there. That's exactly what BlackBerry wants.
0: (laughs) And and as we kind of talked about, Chris, it has an ability to really transcend to different areas, maybe to us as consumers, maybe Bez users in in a very robust way. Definitely interesting to see how they'll integrate. I mean, there is basically a BlackBerry 10 native software portfolio for SecuSmart coming from that acquisition. So very interesting, I think, if they can bring that over and do something similar with WatchDocs and give us kind of a full suite, even if it's just for the enterprise side of things. Definitely, I think, cool... uh, Cool acquisition for them. Now there's been some talk about the pricing that they paid for this. Is it 70 million, 100 million, 150 million? I believe i I was speaking with a with one of my contacts, and they said that it was. It's all of those numbers were correct, and it's hard to kind of justify that. I think that they made an investment, a small investment between 70 and 100 million dollars so as to get the actual acquisition. And the rest of that money was offered on top to build out the R&D center and really focus and drive what they're doing over there in Israel. So yes, it was kind of like a big, bigger chunk, but they bought the company for less, and they're working to invest some of that money as well. So it's going to be cool to see kind of what security tenants they bring forward.
1: I find all these acquisitions are really interesting in the sense that it seems like BlackBerry is almost – it's almost kind of like they're going on a shopping spree, but they're not doing it in, in a traditional sense. They're not looking for those big flashy companies. They're kind of looking, you know, kind of you know behind the first uh, the first few items on the shelf. They're kind of looking behind to see, you know, which items are going to provide them the best bang for the value and for what they're able to afford, right? So it's really interesting some of these acquisitions, like this Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs SecuSmart. And what was the other one that they... Uh,
3: Movertu.
1: Movertu, yes.
3: The Cloud Phone platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, Let me ask you guys something in, in regards to their acquisitions, though, and Brendan's absolutely right. How many of these companies that they've acquired or have invested in have you actually heard from before BlackBerry? Yeah, well, I mean,
2: they they are very specific, you know, security-based companies, and I actually get notified from push plane, which is Pushbullet, um, whenever, like, Google acquires someone because it's just kind of an interesting thing to hear about. And, you know, they're constantly acquiring people that you've never heard about either. Yeah. Um, but I guess security even more so, like, the chances of you hearing or having heard of them unless you're really within that kind of ecosystem or, like, just, you know, really interested in that kind yeah. of stuff, then definitely. Um, and I know that a lot of people, they were kind of complaining for a while, BlackBerry is saving up so much money and it's like, well why don't you throw some of that money at advertising or like, what the heck are you saving all this money up for? And we kind of have the the reason here. They're saving up money so they can buy some more software based companies to bring up that, you know, I think they're trying to have like $500 million or whatever in, in software and they need to hit that goal and the only way they can really hit that right now is either charge people ridiculous rates for BBM or acquire companies that's already bringing in you know, recurring software revenue. The
1: yeah. only the only thing I'm worried about all these acquisitions is that um, often what you see with companies that start acquiring lots of different other companies is that you start to see them acquire a whole bunch of companies for their technology and R&D but at the end, they've acquired so much that they, can't, they don't actually have the manpower to implement some of those new technologies and, and it'd just be interesting to see going forward whether... Uh, BlackBerry is going to be able to utilize these because I know there's other acquisitions they've done historically that haven't really panned down, really been used to the best, to their full extent.
2: You know, didn't they just it, buy some people for patents though? Like that was literally their goal to buy. That was people. that, that yeah. was the Certicom
0: subsidiary, yeah. which which we're actually going to talk on a little bit later in the stream. I, I think Alex brought up a real good transition point for us, and that's they need to acquire revenue. And it's it's a weird statement, right, because normally revenue is something you make. But, you know, and and it kind of parlays right into what Brandon mentioned as well. The integration and how quickly these organizations can really come together and become a functional unit is going to be important. I think John Chen's management is going to be so much stronger in unifying those pieces as Research in Motion was, because that is really what it was. It was just Research in Motion without a direction. BlackBerry now has direction, and I think that's going to really help them kind of Kind of uh, navigate the field, so to speak, as they bring about these revenue streams. I'm interested. Uh, to what do you think, Chris? Uh, do you think that this is going to be a sustainable strategy for them in terms of revenue growth?
3: Well, I think it's definitely going to help towards their revenue growth as long as they put those those acquisitions to work for them. I mean, you can't just go out and spend money on these companies and then, like Brenda said, never really utilize them. You have to make use of them, and you have to advertise that these Acquisitions are part of your company, so you know if they go out and they promote Watch docs in, in any sort of you know good way and let customers know that that service is something that, and is a part of their offering. Then yeah, you know there's money to be made there, but it it you know it can't be left to flounder. It can't. It needs to be utilized. You have to make use of it and let people know about it in order for them to be, actually be interested in it. And if you're not going to sell people on the idea of using it, and you're not going to, you know, essentially make any money off of it. But hopefully they'll start actually utilizing it. And like I said, we don't have any any of these BlackBerry 10 apps or anything like that for watchdogs now. However, hopefully they'll start integrating it directly into the the, uh, operating system or however they plan on doing so. The other thing that we were you know, essentially kind of joking about is that BlackBerry has has a use for watch within their own organization because you know, BlackBerry themselves have a lot of confidential information that they're passing out and, you know, they rely on people and, the, you know, that, that web of trust, so to speak, to not share the information but BlackBerry could essentially share the information, you know, if, if BlackBerry sent something to James and you know if James wasn't supposed to share it with anyone. Then you know they can actually track if James did share it with someone. You know, it's uh it's interesting, and I want I, I really want to see how BlackBerry is actually going you know, to put it to use.
0: So here's my conspiracy theory, and it goes directly off of what Chris just mentioned. I think that John Chen has the acquired Watchdogs so as to avoid leaks in the future. Because he said no more leaks, so now he's gonna be able to actually deliver on that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, it's not entirely without the realm of possibility. I mean, obviously, I don't don't believe that he acquired it just for that sole reason, but you know, they have they have a specific use case for it within the organization, so it makes that's that's part of where where such an acquisition makes sense. They can use it in their own organization. That's, that's one of the cool
0: things that I think is important with BlackBerry.
3: Things like BBM
0: meetings, like that's something they can use within the organization. All the things they create with Bez, Movert, 2 Smart, those are all things that they can literally use through their organization. And when you use something, you can really work to perfect it, right? Bez is the best solution out there in terms of MDM. It gives you so much. Yet again, because they are able to work on it themselves and really actually use it, they get to see where the problems are as they come. So so
1: are you implying that they don't use Link? Because Link's been, uh, <laughs> been pretty shoddy ever
3: since it started.
0: I mean I what's 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 wrong with Link? Oh
3: know. that
0: that you use it. Oh, oh
3: <laughs> I honestly believe that there's like one sole person in Waterloo who is bound to work on Link and he gets like a crappy office at the end of the hallway. And I feel real bad about that. Like if that is the reality, I'm sorry for that one individual. I wish that it was better. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I mean, do you guys remember the like the BlackBerry desktop software? Like I feel like we've come so far. Like I'm so happy, honestly. yeah, it.
3: In in reality when you put the put the two next to each other and you compare them, I mean, BlackBerry Link is significantly better. However, it's just it it you know, it brought it, it its own problems, and you know, what are you
1: gonna do? I remember it was a few months ago. I don't know if I ever said it on air, but uh, I was essentially cleaning out my computer, and I had been like backing up my phone religiously for like over a year. And at the end, I, I was like, "Why do I have like 300 gigabytes of like stuff that like I, I don't even <laughs> know where did it come from?" And I found out, I shit you not, I had 300 gigabytes of BlackBerry backups on my computer. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, holy cow, yeah, like man. how like how is this happening in in like it's not even like prompting me to delete some of these. I like I just I couldn't believe it. I was shocked.
2: I gotta go clear it out right
3: now while we're on stream. Realistically I don't <laughs> I don't use link all that often, but when I do it works so it just happens to be a little bit slower than what I would like it to be. I think that's the case with a lot of software. So can't really harp on link too much. The only the only thing that I would like to see improved is like more advanced stuff. You know, how Blackberry Desktop software allowed you to essentially back up very specific things and access, you know, certain settings that weren't necessarily available. Like you could you could revive a dead Blackberry bold ninety nine hundred with just the Blackberry Desktop software and then some some cases that you know, that advanced, those advanced options aren't necessarily available on Link. I wish it it would offer more of a broad scope, but hey, there's uh, such easy, which allows you to back up and totally avoid BlackBerry Link, so.
0: I, just, I really do wish the two applications were just one,
3: because. Yeah, I mean, there's a, realistically, there's a lot of cases where you should be working on on a lot of BlackBerry stuff, but
1: there's there's a lot of people who are worried about having link and uh, blend stuck together because they're worried that you know some of that clunkiness from link is gonna yeah. draw back some of the uh, the performance on blend but uh, who knows it, it technically that like theoretically it would be a lot easier <coughs> on the user if they just had one application to worry about and keep updated
2: yeah yeah I mean at the same time though think about their game plan for blend and if they start is as we expect, doing cross-platform, then you're going to start having development um, completely different where you'd have BlackBerry Link on built in if you have a BlackBerry, but if you have an iPhone and you have BlackBerry Blend on your computer, you wouldn't want it to have Link built into it because you have an iPhone. Why do you need BlackBerry Link, for instance? So Blend sh- is really trying to be its own separate thing that's going to eventually be cross-platform, so I don't even know if you want to you know, muddy the waters with that. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, we, we don't like muddy water. That's not very palatable at all. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, if you put all that together, it'd be so clunky. Like, I would love if all of this was just in the cloud. Like, BlackBerry Protect is Link, you know? That would be mm-hmm. the money yeah. for me. And maybe we're going to get there. Maybe the New Bay acquisition of that cloud storage solution years ago is actually going to show fruit, you know? H- hard to say, but. For you developers out there, you do have a new OS to play with and actually test and run your applications. It's for 10.3.2. I imagine none of you have loaded it or used it as of yet. <laughs> Let's
3: keep it real. No. It's not new. <laughs> it was in the beta but, zone release way long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, I don't understand why it's available for developers now. But whatever.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what does it bring? Like what's what's new in yeah. it? Yeah. Probably nothing
2: really special. Oh, you know, I could tell you one thing that I know, or no, I think it maybe came in a more recent update, um, <laughs> but there, there's the overflow menu that Jeremy used in his app, that oh, overflow yeah, menu yeah. On, on custom. Um, and it
1: has X-bar. more, right? It doesn't show them all just in one continuous list. Yeah, you can do more, yeah.
2: I mean, it seems like very small... Things that I I don't think they brought in any really big API access for various. No things. new
3: APIs.
2: Yeah, it's but just when, real... the,
3: when the auto loader came out, they specifically said no way. no new APIs are listed. So pretty much the only thing, I don't want to say the only thing because it's pretty much the only only thing that I can remember at this point, right now because they actually still changed the lock screen. The other thing was like the lock screen, the window shade, they changed that, but. On the latest beta, they changed it back to the normal one. And the other thing was the importing and exporting of uh, PGP encryption keys. So you can actually import and export your own keys for email and stuff like that for additional security layer. But other than that, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that was new within the beta. Realistically, the beta, if you actually if if you actually look at the change log for the beta, the issues that exist in the beta are larger than the things that were actually fixed. But it's, That's kind, just of it. fun, it's, it's just kind of a sad. funny mention there, just like, you know, in case in case you were pondering loading it or anything like that, I'm just saying the issues list is longer than the new features list, so keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> so load it beware.
0: Yeah. Uh, de- developer beware, because you shouldn't be loading leaks on your devices, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're getting it officially. <laughs> no, but it's it's funny because here's my experience with 10.3.2. <laughs> I got the 10.3.2.5. I loaded it on my Passport. It ran. Um, it runs amazingly. It's a great OS. Everything was yeah. snappy, quote unquote. You know awesome I did the non-destructive update through suchchassie it worked great For for some crazy reason I could not connect to Blackberry services while on the update which was bizarre to me yeah. everything worked except the Blackberry connect services
1: blackberry protect doesn't work on my uh, 3.2.5 so I don't know what's going on there see, see if, else that, works, if, but if, if that works but
0: if that was protect. it if that was it I would be happy but it's like BBM. You know, everything BlackBerry Connected, BlackBerry World, I literally don't have the little BlackBerry logo next to my carrier anymore. So what I ended up doing was taking this, because you know as the 10.3.2 is actually locked, so you can't downgrade from it. You can only move forward. Luckily, the autoloader was exempt from that block list, from that whitelist, and I was actually able to go back to the autoloader and get my BlackBerry services back, just to load the applications from uh, 3.5 onto that OS, and now it's functional. It has the pin watermarks, but, I mean, I've got a functional phone again, and that's what's important for me.
1: Seems like it, a lot of work, personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, James. Good on you.
0: It took me, like, days, like, honestly. <laughs> a lot of fruit just to
3: get a functional phone.
0: I had to I had to buy like a thousand dollar computer just to get it to work. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I I I seriously. I had to load my
1: phone uphill two ways
0: in the winter. I have this this giant Microsoft bag for the computer that I just bought. Like it is stupid big. I have no idea why they gave us such a big box, but it's funny because I think when we talk about like beta autoloaders, they've always always seem to be late, you know? They always come, like, beyond the point where they're necessary. Like, we're all running the OS officially in some some fashion, and then we go ahead and get this stuff. So it's kind of ironic, I think, that we get these autoloaders in such a way. It makes way, me but wonder if developers
3: load up the leaks before they actually load up the official like, developer version of the OS. I know a lot, of, a lot of them don't. They're just like, yeah, we'll download it whenever, but, you know, there has to be some out there who use the leaks as well
1: yeah we like me personally I just use like regular device like regular o s and then if there's a leak, I'll use the leak just because uh there's there's some functionality that's missing in the uh developer betas yeah so for testing out some other use cases it's it's a bit easier if you don't have like uh a simula a simulator on your on your computer
3: I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with BlackBerry 10.3.2. I mean, obviously, it's probably transitioning into the slider and such, but there's no new things really in there for the mass majority, so that makes me feel as though that it's kind of just like a cleanup OS because all of the 10.3.1 builds, they, they run except for that initial, those initial ones that were filtered out through the carriers and stuff like that, that had a lot of those issues that everybody should be mostly over by now. Um, The 10.3.2 builds don't necessarily bring a whole lot, so yeah, it just seems like they they cleaned up a bunch of the code, and you know, it's running a little bit smoother now, because the 10.3.2 builds do run nice, it's just they're not necessarily official as
2: of yet. So. Yeah, and then any of the changes that they have made in 10.3.2, people complained and they reverted them right back. Like yeah, the, like the long like, <laughs> So they can't even touch the OS because people complain and they're like, you know what? Whatever. <laughs>
3: yeah. I don't know, it, it, like I said, it just seems like a. a yeah. they did yeah, it because it they have to do it and yeah. it's, it's a clean up OS. It, it smoothed out a lot of what was left over from 10.3.1, so. I don't know if we'll see anything significant come in the later versions or not, but at least now it doesn't seem as though that's the case.
0: I wonder what's going on, too, with it, because at this point, when is a carrier ever gonna see this OS, you know? Like, what yeah. is it, actually? 10.3.1 still
2: yeah. is even out on Verizon and stuff.
3: Yeah, and AT&T is right. only now just pushing, like, uh, dot uh, 10.3.1 build for the Classic. I believe they started like two days ago or something like that. But, you know, the Classic came with 10.3.1. Yeah. So it's basically just a bug fix update, so.
0: Well, we'll move on from that discussion, and we'll talk about BlackBerry's high assurance initiative. I found this one really, really interesting in, in the grander scope. This high assurance initiative is basically what they're trying to build in terms of an R&D center to make sure that they can help secure computers in general. We're talking beyond mobile devices even and really bringing that initiative to the Internet of things. Did you guys happen to read up on any of this news? Or what did you guys think of it?
3: I read up on some of it. Like I read uh, they set up a specific web page for everybody to go to, of course, so that you can actually read about it. But the interesting thing is that it... It not, it not only focuses on the mobile aspect, but it also focuses on the IoT side of things, and they're basically teaming up with a lot of people at this point to be able to go ahead and put it together. Uh, you know, certification for use in vehicle systems, mobile device management for the Department of Defense, all of that stuff, and uh, education organizations, all that stuff is covered within there, so it's it has a pretty broad scope in what what they uh, what they hope to accomplish with it. And I think I think one of the biggest takeaways, at least for me, was that you know this is one of the things that they're doing in terms of their research and development. Because as we know, over the past year, even though BlackBerry still remains, I think they're number number. 2 or 3 in terms of money spent on research and development in Canada they've actually had a little bit of a decline over the past 2 years for research and development so this is kind of like you know this is their way of putting money back into the research and development aspect of it all so hopefully that uh, you know it's something that will will actually you know come in, bring some results for them and uh, you know make some changes in the world because this isn't necessarily just for blackberry this is for this is beneficial for everybody at this point
1: this is that center that opened in that they're opening in Israel right
3: yeah i believe yeah
1: yeah oh seems like uh i don't know. i just I, I didn't i'm not sure uh how big of a hot spot that is necessarily but i'm sure they have very smart people knowing where to put these centers to to get the
2: best uh, return on yeah. investment? So. There's
0: there's a, there's a lot of R and D over in Israel. So yeah, probably. I was gonna say
2: Google and and there are a lot of companies over there that that they have really top notch people over in Israel. That I think Israel is one of the highest like tech places, surprisingly, that people don't even know. Um, but yeah,
0: I think it's smart, and I think it, it kind of extends that security footprint that's so important for BlackBerry. I mean, they really need to get with people and say, our security is no longer our security. It can also be your security. And, you know, let's partner up. Let's collaborate. Let's build a better solution and and take the road forward, you know? So definitely cool, I think, of that initiative. We also see that they're leveraging some of their patents in terms of Certicom through their subsidiary. Again, those are the elliptic curve uh, cryptography patents that they have. They purchased through a, a bid for Certicom. What do you guys think about again BlackBerry kind of extending their reach, offering their own solutions to others and trying to partner on bigger solutions? I think this is this is kind of the way BlackBerry goes forward in terms of being a, a real software solution based company.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's another one of those those uh, aspects where they're 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 taking their knowledge and basically they're their pedigree, and putting it towards other things other than essentially just BlackBerry. Like I said with the Chase program, the Chase program doesn't necessarily just 100% concentrate on mobile devices or anything like that. They want to help everybody, and the CertiCom solution is another one of those things because it's, uh, you know, everybody needs, needs to have the certifications and stuff like that built onto their devices so that you know exactly where the security is coming from, and they basically, they teamed up with uh, what is it? Is it in the UK, I think it is?
1: Yep, in the UK.
3: Yeah, Zigbee, Smart Energy Specifications. So they have uh, Certicom Certicom designed and managed their security certificates for them so that it's kind of like a website certificate, you know. Yep. If you go to a website, you know that that website is who they are saying they are because of the security security certificate that they issued. Well, they're issuing these security certificates basically to these home energy uh, devices and so on and so forth. But it doesn't it doesn't uh you know, it doesn't end there. That's just like one of the starting points for them. They yeah, can I take, mean- it, take it anywhere really.
2: Yeah, I, I have a a client actually that they're very security aware. Where you know they want everything internal. They want all emails internal. They're very like sketched out about anything being outside of the company. They don't even want to let like we're actually building a site for them, and they don't even want to let us know a lot about their company. They're keeping us like away from that. <laughs> so I think when you have a company that is like seriously, you know, security aware, it's a lot of work to maintain and keep up with this. And what this is kind of, you know, this line that they have pulled here is the security certificates are under certicom's management, meaning customers can focus more on their core business. And uh, you know, less on the security infrastructure management. Just focus on your business. We will do the security. We know what we're doing, and I think that's a great kind of uh, you know thing to focus on. Just just do your business. We will deal with the, this frustrating security aspect of everything.
3: Yeah, so, because I mean, a lot of people are are overly. Con- I don't want to say overly because that's not the right word. Yeah. A lot of people are genuinely concerned about security these days. And you know, are right, is my company gonna be the one that's gonna get hacked? You know, or is my information gonna get out there? And it's really a lot to worry about, you know. You don't want your customers' information getting out there, you don't want your company's information getting out there, proprietary secrets, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, that that all of that information is a lot to process. Like some people just simply don't understand that and they need somebody like BlackBerry or, in this case, Surgecom to be able to come in and say, we will handle this for you. You don't need to worry about it. You can sleep at night knowing that your customer's information or your information is safe because we're bringing the security to you. We're running the services and taking care of it. And hopefully that will... You know it's spread out as as more people become security conscientious, and you know they they want that security nowadays because we know from all the recent hacks and stuff like that that you know nobody is really nobody is really safe, especially if your security is weak you know you don't want to have weak security, you want to have the best security possible to be able to go ahead and protect those things.
0: You know, a lot of people are trying to like go with an out-of-the-box approach where I'm going to build everything ground up in terms of my company's internal and external security, but really going to the pros is you know such a better idea, and now with these different initiatives they're doing with Chase, with Certicom and their subsidiary as well, it really can bring BlackBerry's pedigree to others in a more re- reliable way, so I definitely think it's going to be a good thing for them going forward. And, and, you know, that security aspect extends into so many other areas of BlackBerry, like their devices, devices like the BlackBerry Leap. We're seeing that the Leap is actually starting to roll out more officially all across the globe. It's hit a couple other regions along the way. What do you guys think? Do you think the Leap is really going to be something that is going to push BlackBerry forward, or is it more a stopgap to just keep offering to those end users that may want the device?
3: Not at Really think it's gonna help in terms of like massive numbers for device sales or hardware sales or anything like that. I think it will. You know, it's going to suit those enterprise customers who are looking to to fill that void in terms of the uh, yeah the in terms of the uh, you know cheap cheap device. I don't want to say cheap because again that's not right. Um, Cost effective device that they can just roll out. To pretty much anybody, but in terms of customers and consumers flocking to it, I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, it's and, really You know, I've, I've been clear, I've been clear on that with, with the leap. Yeah. for The longest time. Like, most people know.
0: You know. He maintains his composure that the leap is. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: it, it's really one of those devices that you know it's cost effective. That if you have a company that is trying to buy, uh, you know, mass devices, I know companies would buy. Uh, 9930s or 9900s, just like hundreds of them. So it's like, hey, my phone's not working anymore. Oh, here, you know, company gives you another one. Here's another 9930. We have a bunch of these stacked up. So, like, if there's a company that is really focusing on corporate-issued devices, this is like a killer device of security is a thing. But um, otherwise, you know, it's not supposed to really be a consumer phone anyways. So I guess the more we try and compare it... And being a consumer phone, the more disappointed we're going to be. So,
3: yeah, I guess that's that's where I, I have issues like trying to relay it to someone like this isn't necessarily a device for you, and I don't think, I don't think a lot of people are grasping that. Like this device was not specifically built for you. Just get over it and wait for something that is designed for you and yeah. built for your specifications. Like,
2: what, device, so what, that what BlackBerry device, like, that's, is designed for you? you that's know? what I was about to say. It, it's so funny because I feel like we were saying the same thing with the Classic. People, A lot of people were asking me, oh, I hear the Classic's coming out. And I was like, that's really not a phone that yeah. – you're on a Q10. That's, like, honestly, it's not a phone that's meant for you. And now I'm saying the same thing with the Leap, and then it's yeah. like – uh I
3: know. It's a tired
1: line, to be honest. It's a tired line to to keep saying. Yeah.
0: But blackberries, I think like we blackberries are not made for people. People are made for blackberries, and it, it's weird when it comes off the tongue. But if you think about it, it's like they are so targeted with these devices. Like the slider is gonna have such a poignant kind of aim when it hits the market, just like the passport did. Yeah. It's all about consumption, big screen, widescreen, lots of content, ease of access, the keyboard. Everything's kind of been condensed. I think, what do you guys think as we kind of move forward off the leap? Do you think that an all-touch BlackBerry 10 device is designed for a consumer? What is your take on that?
2: That's a uh, heavy question.
3: Yeah. Oh, here's, you here's, here's the thing that I have, like, like Brandon said, we're you know that it's it's getting to be a tired line. However, we say that, and at the exact same time, there are people that are out there that these devices are specifically designed for. Like for example, the Classic. You know, you're not going to recommend the Classic to everyone. They do have very specific target targeted people, and there are people that I have recommended a BlackBerry Classic too. There are people that I would recommend a BlackBerry Leap to as well, and then there are people that I would wait. I would entirely recommend waiting until the next full-touch device comes out. So yeah, like Brandon said, it's a bit of a tired line to continuously say, you know, this isn't the device for you, but. in some respects, it, BlackBerry is getting around to it, they're, they're eventually building these devices out for these individual people that you can recommend them to, like, you know, I, I agree that it's a tired line, that we keep hearing it quite often, but at the same time, there are people that these spe- specific devices are designed for. See,
0: it's so frustrating, because I get where you all are coming from on it, and it makes so much sense. But if I suggest to my mother or, or, or my cousin, you know, who I talk to, who I, who's, who's used to iOS and Android, right? And I say, you know, get a Leap, get a Z30, get get the latest BlackBerry All Touch, whatever that device may be. Then with that form factor, they're expecting to get an iPhone or Android type experience in terms of applications, etc. I give someone a classic, they're not even like thinking about apps. They're like, Yo, this has a keyboard and a tool belt, I'm like I don't know about getting stuff done, you know. And, and yeah, there may be some apps you want, but you can get a lot of those. When you have a, a very media-focused type, you know, kind of slate, is it an important thing? Is it is it geared toward a consumer? Maybe not. Maybe it is. Maybe something's just e- it's easier for us to suggest this device over another. It's game. a really
3: interesting predicament. That's the that's my only final word on it, and I'll let Eric, whoever else talk. it's an interesting predicament that I don't. I don't really think it's going to be solved in in, yeah. any, in any short time. Like, you know, I'm not going to be able to say in 6 months, here's a device for everyone, you know? I yeah. I don't think that's yeah. going to be the case.
1: I think it's uh it's a really fine line between, you know, blocking off potential customers and then pinpointing who you want your phone to be marketed to. I mean, who is BlackBerry to tell me that this phone isn't for me if I use a touchscreen device and that's how I like to work? I mean, who are they to tell me that this phone isn't for me if I, if I find it and I like it? You know, I don't think they should be playing that game too hard. I think they should be saying, look, this phone has got some features that are good for business professionals. And it's got these other features that potentially you may like too. But they shouldn't be using this excuse of this phone isn't for you, so so don't worry about it. You know mm-hmm. they should be open. Like they might not have a focus on consumers, but they are looking at the prosumer, which does yes. have a link to the consumer space, right? So they do like right. to have some of those links and some of those uh, communication lines open with that segment of the market as well. And I feel like what they're doing now is. They're, they're closing it off more than they need to, in my opinion, personally. Right, from our like res-
0: perspective, like a, it almost feels like a receding tide, you know. Exactly. Like we've had, and, and when BB10 launched, it seems so much the opposite, right? Like we had a decent consumer focus, and, and if not a lacking enterprise focus. Alex, what are some of your thoughts? Is this a, a widened gap for BlackBerry? Is this something that they can actually leverage? How do you craft marketing that speaks to such a duality in the market?
2: Yeah, I mean, just looking at everyone, all right, nine, I, I I throwing a BS number out there, but you could probably agree with me, like 95% of people's phones that you look at, it's going to be an all-touch slab. So realistically, if you go and say, well, what is the BlackBerry device that will appeal to the most consumers? Well, it's going to be a slab, just an all-touch slab device. But, you know, that's, a, that's such a difficult market to... Be in right now, and you know Apple really does own it. And then even Samsung has been struggling a little bit lately with the recent sales of the uh, Galaxy S6 and everything. And they're is another it, company that they're the only it's ones making more of money. A
0: struggle. I feel like it's more of a struggle to sell a QWERTY device because I mean, like, yeah. look at the margins right now. Look at who's actually pushing volume. Um, yeah. Quarter over a quarter.
2: It's and that's what it is. So it's kind of like, well, BlackBerry. Do you want to take a chance at? 95% of the market who wants this all-touch device and just say, well, even if you don't advertise, some people will still buy it. Or you want to go after that 5% that's like, well, we don't really need a, an all-touch slab. We, we want that keyboard. So it's, it, it is a weird thing. Just playing with the numbers there, it makes more sense to shoot a shotgun at the 95% rather than advertise very focused on that 5%. Um, but if there's really no money to be made in that 95 percent, because these other companies have the margins down, they have you know the brand awareness and everything, it's 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 so tough. It's such a difficult decision. And
1: I, I feel like, I feel like it's probably like that, just because there's so little discrepancy on what physically a device can do now in terms of. Yeah. Of 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 how it's made and 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 really this distinguish, distinguishing factor is essentially the software on the inside and how it looks right because all the top notch phones nowadays they can essentially you know do a lot of the same things whereas at the beginning when smartphones were first coming out every iteration would be so much. So yeah. it would be so vastly different that you would need to upgrade. Whereas now, you know, the difference between, for instance, an iPhone six and a five S, not too much. I mean, you can still use a lot of the same apps on your five S as your six. And in that 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 difference between those different um iterations of iPhones or smartphones in general is just diminishing. So you really just need a hit phone with a good design now and you'll get a few people to buy you and be that talking be that phone of the week type of that, situation.
2: It, that's, that's definitely true, but at the same time I want to kind of go and say, you know apps are really what make phones now more and more. Um, and looking at iPhones for example, Meerkat and Periscope, they came out on iOS a solid month or two. I don't even know if the Meerkat one's out yet for Twitter, uh, for Android, but it's getting to the point where it's like if you really care that much about getting into this new social media network or whatever it is day one, you really have to go with iPhone. And it's kind of messed up because it's such an unfair advantage for every other ecosystem talking about unfair for Android, unfair for Blackberry, unfair for, for Windows Phone, unfair everywhere. Um, but it's really gotten to that point. So I guess how important is it for you to be that early adopter? Because if it's that important, really, iPhone, whether you like it or not, that's really the, the platform you have to go on.
0: Mm, early adopters kind of makes me think of a BBM update that we just got, you know? <laughs> but it's a great point, Alex. And, and that kind of leads over to that Chen's conversation about app neutrality, right? And, and that's such a, a grand conversation to have. Speaking on the CEO, Chief Evangelist, which I find such a fancy title, and Blackbird CEO, we're going to be sp- speaking at the Milken Institute. Is that next week, Chris, or is that the week
3: following? No, no, this uh, this Next Monday. Monday. No, is this tomorrow? Monday.
0: Come yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, Awesome. Uh, Hopefully we'll get some coverage from it. I know that I watched Torsten Hines last year, or two years ago, excuse me, 2013, speaking at the Milken Institute, and it was my favorite interview from him by far. He talks, he opens up saying, you know, basically, it, it, the questions asked to him is, you know, how did, how do you take on such a hard job? Like, how do you do? He's you know, like a mechanic. Got to lift the hood, see what's inside, see if the engine is good. And now I feel two years later that we're at such a different place with BlackBerry as a vehicle that Chen's going to have a lot more to say. Uh, again, their chief <clears> evangelist, their chief of marketing is going to be there, which is very interesting for him to be having a footnote there at the Institute talking about what BlackBerry is, who they're going for, and as well, the man behind Nant Health is also going to be there. We may get some kind of announcement, perhaps in the healthcare field, where they're expanding on some things. If not, it'll just be a great discussion, and I'd love to catch up on it. What do you guys think about, again, this kind of reach-out? We haven't seen Chen in the media a lot at all of late, so you think it's going to be good for them to kind of come out start talking again?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that – just so that we have the full scope of everything here, the the conference takes place on the 26th through to the 29th in Beverly Hills, California, um, and apparently they'll be uploading all the videos to you know all of their social channels, their YouTube and all that stuff. So hopefully we'll be able to you know take some of that uh, video content. It's not hopefully it's not entirely locked down so that we can't actually view it. However, uh, what what. Uh, John Chen is there, he has, he's headlining a healthcare in the digital age conversation. And for uh, Mark Wilson, who is the uh, chief evangelist, he's he's headlining the marketer, from marketer to influencer to global brand shaper conversation. So those are are the the two aspects. Um, In terms of of getting, getting out there and getting the message out there, I'm really interested to hear from Mark Wilson, because honestly we haven't necessarily hold, heard a whole lot from mm-hmm. uh, Mark Wilson. I mean, he wrote up a few Inside Blackberry blog posts, but other than that, he's been kind of rather quiet for someone who takes on the role of chief evangelist, so <laughs> that, is, that I really want to see what he has to say, so hopefully we'll be able to get that. Um, as for as for John Chen, he hasn't necessarily been in the media since before the um, the earnings. Mobile World Congress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that, yeah, the the Mobile World Congress was around the earnings time as well because they were still in their financial quiet period, so he couldn't necessarily say too much, and he couldn't retort to anything that was said about the company at that point in time. So that all sort of folded into one. So this will be essentially the very first time that we actually get to really hear from John Chen since Mobile World Congress and since the earnings report. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get that information and actually check it out. But this is this this is one of those things where, um, you know, it's not it's not necessarily headlining stuff in terms of what what consumers are interested in. It's another one of those areas where, you know, BlackBerry is out there, they're doing all of this, and, you know, we're kind of just, like, sitting back hoping that we actually get that information because, you know, none of us, none of the BlackBerry aspect people, you know, in CrackBerry or Flow or anybody was invited to this. Like, it's not necessarily a BlackBerry thing. It just so happens that John is there speaking about the... The Medicare and stuff like that so that it all ties into the BlackBerry as a company but it's not you know it doesn't necessarily relate to my phone so yeah and you hold
0: that up again I think it's nice <laughs> 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 what were you going to say Brandon uh,
1: I'm just saying in my industry I go to a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, social networking events where you get CEOs from various different companies or people from various different companies talking. And I just hope that BlackBerry, apart from some of these big ones that we see webcasts for and stuff, I just hope that the evangelist team and and stuff like that is hustling hard and and getting out there and talking about BlackBerry out there, which I'm sure they are. But I mean, these events are important because word of mouth is what's really going to spread uh, the information. There's only so much marketing can do, but when they're when they're actually there, showing people and talking to, pe- to people about their products and and what services they offer, yeah, that's really where you know you get those key people in a room with you that you're going to explain those features to.
0: Right. Create influencers. Absolutely. Maybe maybe we can get Alex on side on the side of the marketing and maybe just fling pictures of BlackBerry 10 <laughs> to, uh, to different people around the world. We'll, we'll probably get to that conversation. Uh, <laughs> So let's move on from the Institute because it's going to happen soon, right? We're going to get a lot of this content, so let's not speculate too much on how good or, or not good it's going to be in terms of us. Let's talk I'm about I'm going to
3: play all day tomorrow, so you guys are in charge.
0: <laughs> got it. As long as you got someone at Crackberry on it because yeah. I guess we're bad at that lately or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, BBM got, did get an update. Blackberry 10. got two updates. First update seemed to break some things, changing <laughs> prices. Users were happy. Users were sad. I can't comment on your channel post, but hey, it's a cheaper price for custom vanity pins. And then the following update seemed to kind of reverse all that. And BBM is still kind of iffy in terms of the channel's content. I believe they're working on some back end stuff for it in terms of the infrastructure. Maybe not an update or anything, but just refining kind of the databases and the cloud backend that they have for it. I know that BBM channel spam is a really big issue, and they're working on trying to get it under control. Trying to create an engine that basically is going to catch the spam as it comes and automatically get it off your feed. Uh, hopefully, they can I guess work on that. It's going to require a real sense engine to really work on those things, but um. Some things are definitely happening They're tinkering on the back and working on a little thing. I want to talk about kind of an experience I had the other day. (laughs) Uh, Yesterday I'm at a concert, right? And I'm I'm in the middle of this concert. It's like having a great time. And then lo and behold, I get just this idea pops into my head. It's like, hey, I need to hit this person up so I can try to get Marco Puder Mobile stickers into the BPN shop. So I'm at this concert. I'm with my classic. And I'm like, hmm, how am I going to do this? And literally like while the concert's going on, like one like two hands, I'm like sending off emails attaching zip files with different assets and sending them off in an email all while I'm like, you know, head mopping and going along and I'm like, This is this is what a Blackberry is that I can fire all of this off so easily. I use the hub attachments, grab the files, shared into a new email. It was like a quintessential Blackberry experience, yeah. right?
3: i are the, the BlackBerry user getting shit done
0: at that point. <laughs> right, like I'm enjoying myself, like I'm vibing hard, I've just I finished a drink, and I've got my BlackBerry, I'm knocking like workout too. Like I'm, I'm collaborating between multiple people, I'm sending emails, I'm really just like getting it done. And I find it just amusing that like, that is ultimately the, the core BlackBerry experience, right? Having to think as little as possible about what you need to get done and just going for it. <laughs> Yeah, I I was a little ignorant, Brandon. I'll admit that. I'll admit that.
1: (laughs) He's, like, sending off emails all night for, like, two hours, and his date's like, what are you doing?
3: Get off your phone, you idiot.
0: (laughs) I'm, like, like getting mobile stickers into BB. I was so excited about it. Hopefully we can get, see some follow through on that and you uh, can get those stickers posted. The main reason I'm excited about the stickers is because there's actually an Afro sticker in the pack. So <laughs> oh yeah, that's I,
2: a good
0: The immortalization of my fro in BBM is like, my ego and fro are like over here with it. So it needs to happen, post haste,
3: please. So we didn't actually talk, we talked about the BBM update, but we didn't actually talk about what's new, so.
0: I was going to um, transition the stickers into the features, but go okay, for it. Go Well, no, I mean, as Chris is saying, there's actually some new stuff in this update, right? Aside from the different changes that they have there, we're actually able to hide stickers. So let's say you buy Puder Mobile's pack and you're not interested in it at all. You can actually hide it now, which is awesome. That is like the headlining feature. I know they're talking about like extended chats and things like that, but I'm really excited about the stickers. In terms of this BBM update, it does some other stuff in the shop, uh, taking away some things that we had. What are you guys' thoughts, Chris? Do you think that this is a positive update for BlackBerry in the way that they're rolling out BBM?
3: Uh, I, I like the fact that they added the ability to hide stickers because I really don't need to see stickers from like Christmas and Valentine's Day at this point in time. I'm glad I bought them, and I don't, you know, I'm glad they're there that I can use them. But I do like the ability to be able to go ahead and hide them. So that, that was certainly appreciated. And I know there's a lot of people out there that were like, why isn't BlackBerry working on something better? Well, let's be honest here. Hiding stickers was one of the biggest requests that everybody had if you downloaded stickers packs. So BlackBerry is listening in that regard. You know, It may not necessarily be a big feature to someone who doesn't have a lot of stickers, but it was one of the top requested features to be added. So BlackBerry added it. So there you go. Um, the other thing was the uh, you know the the ability to go ahead and invite people who who may have BBM but necessarily aren't uh, on your BBM from your address book or your your contact list. Um, I don't know. I know there's a lot of people who like having that ability and are glad that it was brought forth, but it's not something that I'm necessarily interested in. Everybody. Everybody I want on my BBM is already on my BBM, so I don't, you know, it, it it's great that it's there for the people that want it, however, it's not something that I'm necessarily going to use because, again, everybody I want on my BBM is already there, so, yep. you know.
2: Yeah, same reason, like, for pin. It's like, well, now even with this functionality, why do you even need a custom pin when you, if it's like, now you just need their email within your, your address book, so yeah, it's like, exactly. custom pin gets even less important now. Um, but I want to follow up on that sticker thing. It's funny because now if you could kind of see the stickers I have preset here, they're all the, the paid just default ones by BlackBerry. There's something that I like about just having those stickers. I have all of these other ones that I just have turned off now. There's something about just the consistency of just the larger emoticons, and I like that consistency. So, like, if Pooter does, for instance, get in to the store, he's just making other smileys that are very similar to the native ones, but they give a new kind of style, and I think moving forward, I'm probably only going to purchase that once, because there's way too many out there that they're just, you know, there's just something that makes it not as fun to use anymore when you have all these random weird ones. I'm going to send
0: you a rock, okay? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no.
1: you never lived <laughs> until you've received a rock through BB.
3: With eyes? With look of <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, what was uh, what was the other thing that they added? Oh yeah, the uh the
1: chat the chat bubbles. It's like let me send you a sticker of chat bubbles in a chat.
2: Oh yeah, that oh. was really that's probably the worst one. That was they
3: improve the voice chat experience. You now have the option to block receiving messages from a multi-person chat. Oh. So, uh. Ah. Uh. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, the bundled time pictures and time messages and retracted messages uh, with a BBM subscription. Uh, this one has kind of like sparked a lot of interest among everybody who downloaded it, basically because, as I'm sure a lot of people will remember, when they first initially rolled out that feature, it was only supposed to be free and unlimited for pretty much three months. It's well past three months now, and now BlackBerry wants to go ahead and charge you for it. Personally, I don't use the feature, and where they let me know that it was going to be a premium feature, I'm not necessarily too upset at the fact that they want money for it now. Because one, I don't intend on using it anyway, so they're not gonna get any money from me. And two, they warned me well ahead of time, plus they gave the extended period of the the availability for it to be free anyway, so, you know, I'm kind of like, whatever, it doesn't really matter, but there's a lot of people that are upset at the fact that BlackBerry wants to go ahead and charge, Uh, I think it's $1.99 for for this, the message retraction, and, uh, yeah, no,
2: I think it's $1.00. Yeah, it's 99, 99 cents. Sense. It's very yeah.
3: reasonable to an extent. He's talking,
0: he's talking Canadian prices.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Inflation, you know? <laughs> Everything yeah.
3: costs more it in Canada. Is
0: this is marketing one-on-one, though, right? Supply and demand. I give it to you. You want it. I then charge you for it and correct yeah. the demand. It's, it's, yeah. it's pure I, economics. I mean, I'm
2: wondering, though... When they say that, like, I used up my two free one. They give you two free sends of time messages. I don't know about retraction or whatever, but is it a monthly thing or is it, like, you get two to use and you're done? Because if they had it more of, like, you can use, you know, five a month or something, once you start getting people to use it and and actually kind of maybe start getting dependent on it, then they might go and buy it. But when, it, when you just have it, like, you only have two. Use it twice, then you just kind of forget about it, and you erase it, and you're not going to buy it. You need people to be using it, and then limit them, and then they feel like they need to buy it there. If you just if you limit it too much, then people just won't even care, and they're not going to buy it.
3: So yeah, because they forgot about it at that
2: point. Yeah, exactly. So I I hope they they refresh that like every month at least. Two is a little you know low to get a month, but even if they give you you know three four a month just to do. Uh, but if it's a one-time, just you get two of them. Then I don't understand that. That oh, you know, I
0: believe that. I believe you get three of three a month. I okay, That is how it's set up right now for
2: e- either or retraction or time messages. It locked to messages. me out at two. I sent two. It locked me out. So maybe you
0: accidentally accidentally sent one as a third because I know I've sent okay. some time messages just on an accident. We'll we'll check next month, Alex.
2: I don't know. wasted them and,
0: on, on a test. And like and, and like, when does it update? When I updated the app, or at the start of the month, you know, there's a lot of I think some questions around it still. That some I think care. it would
3: be I think it would be smart to reset it every time that they update BBM because that way you you know you get the get the message because every time that you update BBM it sort of starts a new process like um, you know it lets you know some of the new features and stuff like that. So every time that you update BBM it could come up with that little splash screen that says hey you can use these blah 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 blah.
2: But then what happens when they stop updating BBM or if they slow down? Some months, we, we've gone like a month and a half, two months without an update, and it's like... Worry about
0: that later. <laughs> you and your logic. The, there's the, the, there's the, bigger, the, bigger
1: the issues if that's the case, Alex. There's bigger issues if that happens. Yeah.
2: People will be reloading BBM then to get free one. Like That'd they, be interesting, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I, I laugh at everyone who thinks like not upgrading is going to... Have,
2: keep you with yeah. the
3: because yeah. you know
0: they're going to lock oh, that
2: down. Oh, man.
0: That's so going to get locked down. Those too. are all server
3: side changes anyway, so it doesn't Yeah, are... exactly.
0: Exactly, exactly. They're just going to say block list all these previous versions, and that's that. Uh, it, it'll definitely come forward, I think. And we we have some other news that we kind of wanted to brush across here as we cross our cross our hour threshold. Um what do you guys think about Obama and his Blackberry? There was some news from the New York Times that came right. out yeah drama drama berry is what it should be called, right? <laughs> it, some news came out that his his unclassified emails that were hacked by the Russians. which just sounds like one of those like things you'd see on a Fox show, maybe called The Americans or something. But um it, it, it's funny because his unclassified emails were hacked. Those could be hacked through any type of device, right? I mean, (laughs) his iPad, his computer, you know, anything that has that unprotected email, and that his classified communications were still protected. They could not get to the server architecture that the DoD has in place for him, nor what they have in terms of his BlackBerry. I think it kind of got blown out of proportion. They said servers, they saw BlackBerry, everyone kind of assumed it was Bez, but not quite necessarily. I, I do believe that the DoD has their own MDM platform that they've licensed and contracted out, and I imagine he's part and connected to that.
3: It doesn't matter because all the stuff that they, like, every report that came out said that it didn't affect his BlackBerry anyway, so what difference does it make? It's pure fodder at this point. Like, who cares? So what? Totally they got his, They got it. Yeah. They got it his unclassified emails, so whatever.
1: Watch next month's headlines be, like, Obama watches keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's like, hey, I have that phone. <laughs> With Kim's BlackBerry. <laughs> oh, that that Jenner interview was just ridiculous. But we will not talk about that. As I bomb. I liked
3: it. Come on, <laughs> it
0: was it was very open. Why are you pulling me into this, Chris? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry. me into this conversation. Yeah, no, me. but
0: uh, I wanted to also talk about BlackBerry Sweden. We had some news come across some news, come across the wire. I put it in quotes because this has been a transition thing that's been happening for a while, and it's still not solidified. It's still not finalized. They're working I believe with some of the unions there to see whether they're actually going to go ahead and whether it's a financial gain for them to do so. Actually closing down the facility there. It could ultimately affect about 150 people. Of course, we want to make sure that the people there are taken care of in terms of you know their job security or have other options and venues going forward. I want to reach out with Brandon and Alex. The Astonishing Tribe was established in Sweden. We kind of took over there. We sent some big key BlackBerry players over there to help work on things like Blend and some of the forthcoming updates, things like BlackBerry Express, which maybe they're closing it down because BlackBerry Express never left beta. I I don't want to throw conjecture out there, but I really like BlackBerry Express. I wish they did more with it. Brandon, Alex, what are some of you guys' thoughts on the Sweden news in terms of BlackBerry perhaps closing down the facility they have? Oh,
1: Express. Yeah, I think it's just, I, I think it's just a shifting of resources. It's probably just they wanna they wanna have a f- smaller footprint in terms of where they have offices. To be honest, I think they might have been smart to, if they could possibly stand the cost of it, keeping something open in Malmo just because it's such a big tech hub. Maybe not even keeping it as like fully BlackBerry, but changing it into a have an R&D hub like w- what we saw um, this week, something like that. Um,
0: Even if they uh, made like a community tech hub, you know? Yeah, exactly, there?
1: something like that, so they can still have that connection to those resources and the talent over there. Um, I think a lot of people view it as kind of just an end of an era that we were all so hopeful to see that TAT goodness uh, come through in BlackBerry 10. And I guess we we saw...
2: A good chunk of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, in, in general, the whole West, we were hoping for that. Um, and, and we've seen a good chunk of it in 10.3, but it, it does throw, up, uh, throw out a lot of questions on whether we're going to see some some more work. Um, like, a lot of people were hoping for some more, some more of that uh, experimental and uh, work that we see on their website and stuff like that. Uh, and we're just hope like a lot of people were hoping to see that on BlackBerry 10, and now it throws up a lot of questions on whether we'll ever see something like that um, going forward on on BlackBerry 10.
0: And you don't want to like experiment too much with business users and how they work, you know. I think there's a point where yes, innovation is good, but at the same point, like if that if that was on the classic, like these fogies picking up the classic are not going to be like, what is this? That's exactly
3: that's exactly what I was thinking when. When Brandon was talking about that, I'm like, "How much?" Thinking to myself, like, "How much of that could you actually put into BlackBerry 10 without it disturbing users?" Because James, you mentioned it earlier on the podcast. Like, if if BlackBerry makes changes, some people hate it, some people love it, and many cry against the even the simplistic of changes, like the the the, the call screen. You know, the answer button on the call screen. People go nuts over that if BlackBerry changes it. You know, if they change the uh, the lock screen where from a window shade to the slide up, whatever, people go crazy nuts over that, and, you know, they blow things out of proportion. Imagine if you all of a sudden picked up your – or you updated your device and – you know, it felt like a whole brand-new operating system entirely, and you had all these swipey transitions and all this crazy stuff going on. People would go crazy. They'd be like, what the hell's going on here? I can't use this anymore. You know, there's always that period. So how much of TAT do you think that they could actually put in there? And part, of, the other part of the story is that when when the initial news of TAT actually, that of them closing down, Blackberry Sweden actually came out. The initial report said, "Okay, Blackberry Sweden is closing down." However, that hasn't—that's not the case as of yet. That's like yeah. that was—that was an assumption by by whoever wrote it, and it wasn't even necessarily the case because Blackberry came back and said, "No, it's not closed down." There's technically no information there as of yet because we're still holding discussions as to what to do with the with that portion of BlackBerry, you know, is it going to be closed down? Are these people going to be transitioned elsewhere? Whatever the case may be, right? Um, and, of course, the other part of it is everybody Everybody has seen all of the stuff that Tad has done. If you go on the website and stuff like that all, that, all those concepts and the YouTube videos and all that stuff is all still there. And a lot of people like to say we never... Got to you know, Tat was never unleashed on the BlackBerry 10. Like they never, they never really did everything. But the key thing that I have, the problem that I have with bringing that up is the fact that all of these ideas that Tat put out there were just that—they were ideas. They were concept ideas. Yeah. They were never really. You know, they weren't—they weren't necessarily meant for mass consumption. They were ideas of what could be done. They were visionary ideas of the future and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's R&D. Really, it doesn't—it doesn't always come to
2: fruition.
0: Yeah, exactly. And not in—in—in in, in the next two years, you know. Yeah, and Even like we're looking at are so far out.
3: You know, a, a lot of that stuff that you see. Looks great. It looks absolutely amazing. There's absolutely no denying that, right? However, transitioning that stuff into the real world doesn't necessarily always work. You know, you you need those people within your organization that are visionaries and can look into the future and show you these things, but that doesn't necessarily always translate into reality. A lot of that stuff gets dumbed down, or watered down, however you want to present it, and you know, that's that's what we get when it comes down to reality a lot of a lot of the stuff that you see got watered down and this is what we have on BlackBerry 10 like Brandon said a lot of the stuff from TAT did end up in BlackBerry 10 it's just not as extravagant as some of those concept ideas because those concept ideas are just that, they're concept ideas, they're not reality I just,
1: I just want to counter one point where you say you know the BlackBerry user base is like you don't want to, you know, push the envelope too much to kind of yeah. alienate them. But at the same time, we've got an app, uh, BlackBerry Express, which was I, uh, I have the feeling it was done solely by Tat, and that's got glowing reviews on yeah. BlackBerry uh, World, and it's still and it's just a beta, and they've never really finalized that and actually pushed out. Uh, a commercial release and it's yeah. just like it's You're just right. because there's so much potential that's an app that's brand new and pushes the envelope in the right kind of way um, and we're not seeing that come out in, in a released version and I'm just thinking like that's what, that's what gets a lot of people upset about this is that there's so much opportunity for them to push the envelope in the right direction and not alienate their user base but it, it never actually came to fruition uh, a lot of like some of the more Avant-garde type of stuff instead. Yeah.
2: Of what yeah, we've and, seen. and and realistically, even looking at how the web has been transforming, it's kind of the era of of sixty frame per second transitions that's going on now. Just smooth things happening very smooth, and every action has a, a transaction or a transition to it. And I mean, like Blackberry Ten, it kind of whenever you know you click a page and it slides over, that's a transition that's going on. Um, but adding that more into the OS, that's definitely a TAT feature, and, you know, exactly that app that you're talking about, that is the prime example of transitions everywhere, that they look nice. Um, it's, like, TAT definitely has it on point, and I, I don't think just throwing that sparsely through the OS is going to really confuse people or overwhelm them to an extent, I'm sure it would, but they, they should really do something with it, um.
0: You know, Alex, well. it, it, you bring a great point, and I think Brandon kind of nailed Y'all, you know, We've all placed nails, and I think we've all kind of cemented <laughs> them into the ground. This of the Astonishing Tribe, there is a lot of value there, and that value is still there. It's cascades, right? It's this yeah. beautiful native framework that we have, that developers have, have access to to build and create rich ecosystems. It's like those videos are for developers to see and say, I can build that. you know. I know I've got the whole back end, but you've given me the tools. What I like about the Cascades and what I like about what TAP brought to BlackBerry 10 is that the UI is simple and innovative. Nowadays, you're seeing the hamburger menus being used everywhere. BlackBerry had that crap in 2013. We're seeing the kebab buttons, which is the three-dot overflow. We're seeing that come into UI trends. BlackBerry's already got that. We're coming and seeing places like the iPhone 6 Plus where the double tap feature where you can pull down the whole OS so that it's more accessible. BlackBerry built their UI to be one-handed friendly, that everything is at the bottom at a thumb's reach. It is a unique and innovative UI in the sense that it has a little bit of transition. It responds as you go, bringing up some of the kind of like lollipop type features Alex is mentioning in terms of... Uh, it, things are responsive, right? As I slide and scroll, the menu bar at the bottom hides. It's very innovative. We almost brought material design prior to, you know, it really coming out in in its general sense. And I think that forward look gives them an edge up in terms of their user interface.
3: That's also a part that I feel as though that a lot of people don't necessarily recognize as well is because, you know, a lot of people will ask, well, where's the TAT influence in BlackBerry 10? Well, the TAT influence, I mean, the majority of it was based on the developer tools. Those tools yeah. were brought forth by TAT. They started the tools. that eventually ended up being the developer kit. So, you know, you, you can't necessarily say that there's not a whole lot of TAT influence in there because TAT gave you the tools to be able to go ahead and create the influence yourself. Yeah. You can create everything... Like like you said, you know, those videos are for the developers who have the ambition and can say, "I can build that." Yep, yep. yep. You know, that's that is where the majority of Tad's influence actually came from. It's not. And, didn't
2: that actually happen? The the that one app where you go like that and you tilt the phone up. Um, They had it on the table, the glass table, yeah. and you went like that. Then, of course, they, BlackBerry never released that. That was a proof of concept. But what happened? Tilt came out, and then that whole whatever thing with Tilt. But that was a perfect example. One, two, the, developers <laughs> like, the developer's like, that's an awesome tool that you supplied me with. I'm going to go make that app that you recommended.
3: So that's so true, and we've seen know. it. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't recognize that. Like, they don't know because they're not developers. They don't look at the developer side of things. And I remember, I remember the very early days, like, it was, I can't remember exactly when, but it was pretty much like right after the announcement that BlackBerry had purchased Tat. We were at one of the events, and we were looking at the very early developer tools, and they were showing us live demos of what can be done. Like, on the devices and such. And it was absolutely amazing. And that's that's the thing, developers can go ahead and recreate those things if they have the drive to do so. I mean, I'm not saying that the BlackBerry tools are essentially 100% perfect, or that everybody can go ahead and do that. I'm just saying, if you know your way around those things, you can recreate them. And that is essentially one of the biggest components that Tap delivered on. They delivered those tools. And, Created the ability for people to go ahead and recreate those things, so uh, you can't. Wait, wait. Nobody can say that Tat didn't do anything for the organization, or that you know the acquisition was a waste or anything like that. It, you know, that's that's simply not the case. If you say that, then you're not pulling. Tat was such
0: a vital part of BB10 actually making it as far as it did in terms of the developer ecosystem. We have a lot of games that were ported over, and again, it comes back to, as Chris mentioned, the tools. The tools were available to people to be able to bring those types of experiences over. You guys remember applications like Feather Duster, right? It was like a real-time Twitter visualization. Awesome potential with the Cascades tools. Again, it's really the developers that failed BB10, and I hate saying that because we have two developers here that had done quite a bit of the platform. <laughs> But in terms of really developers coming over in mass and building some of those rich native experiences. Imagine a Netflix, true Netflix native application and how much better it would be on on BlackBerry 10 as opposed to... would they
2: block it? But Netflix literally go out of their way and block the APIs and things. Well, I I don't even know if they have a totally public API and things.
0: I'm just saying, like, if if Netflix themselves went over and used Cascades to build their own
2: app, like, how much better? I think it would be better, yeah. it's,
3: it's, It's not a reflection. It's not a reflection of the developers that we have that are actually up there doing things. It's a reflection of... The developer potential that never actually did anything with it, like like James said, if Netflix had have adopted Cascades and decided to go ahead and build their own BlackBerry 10 app, it could have it could have been an amazing app. It could have looked better than anything that they produced on Android or iOS, and essentially would have worked better because of the way that the BlackBerry 10 platform works. Yeah, but because backwards. it didn't, you know. This there's some developers
1: at. like uh, like Cubo pushes the envelope a bit in terms of the UI in his apps uh, using Cascade. There's yeah. also yeah. Refocus Which? Labs. Uh, what's the other Refocus Labs? Uh, they used to be together. In the oh, Emberify or whatever. Amperfy. Amperfy. They push the envelope in terms yeah. of design as well. Um, there's this, really cool, really, this <laughs> is really cool developer that does uh, web design cheat sheets,
2: you know, like, <laughs> No, I, I really, the... I'm literally <laughs> using Cascades to do the Cascades. I I just modified the color scheme a lot, and then because the color changes are very cool, it's segmenting it. But I'm really using Cascades as bare bones as Cascades gets for the most part. Um, I know Cubo
0: framework that builds a lot in yeah. for you, you know.
2: Yeah, Cubo, for instance, though he had a lot of trouble where they wouldn't make it Blackberry. I don't even remember what it's called anymore. Blackberry certified or. Built for Blackberry. Built for Blackberry. Jeez, I don't it's been so long. Built for uh,
0: Blackberry certified.
2: <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't even let him in there because his, again, his UIs, they were too different for the Cascades paradigm. Um, but it, it, you brought up the Netflix thing, though. This I want to bring this up. It's so true because if any of you have FastTube, um, I, I'm in love with the way that it functions. You could play a video... And as, so long as you swipe backwards, the video continues playing in the background. You pull from the top, and you can click the now playing and go directly back to that video. But if you click the back button, then it actually stops the video and cancels out. So essentially, you can still navigate the app 100% with the video playing in the background and be able to access it at any point in time, pulling down from the top. The Android version of Netflix, if you tap anything to go back, it just stops the video and you lose it. Yeah. So like, just the potential of... The ideas that you can implement with Cascades is just so powerful. You know. the, the
0: invocation framework is stupid awesome. Like it, yeah. it really is. I'm in. The, it's it's crazy. I'm in the camera app, BBMing someone. You know, like yeah. I'm having a full conversation with you for over like 10 minutes, but that I throws to me off sometimes.
2: Have you ever been, like, in the browser, you share an article to someone, to their BBM, and then you start BBM, you minimize it, and then you're like, wait, where the heck was I? Where did that conversation (laughs) go?" in the browser? I show that
0: all the time. I'll I'll bring up the Facebook app, and I'll bring up Hub, and I'm like, it's the same thing (laughs) in terms of the compose card, you know? Yeah. And this
1: links over to, to what BlackBerry 10 is doing with the Android runtime. I mean, I just installed uh, the Instagram Android app on my device just to see what the fuss is about because I, I know there's a lot of native good native options out there, but I just downloaded it just for, to see how well it ran on my latest OS. And, you should uh, follow me,
0: bro.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, we'll link up after the show. Um, and anyway, so I had a, uh, a photo in my album, and I press the share button and the actual Android Instagram app showed up so I clicked and I was able to share it straight from the, the uh, photo app uh, straight to the Instagram Android app and it's just, mm-hmm. this is such a great tool that I mean if they, if they really focus on improving that Android runtime, you know, you could potentially have a better Android than, you know, full on Android devices in, in, in some senses if they can really push that integration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really thought you dropped the mic there for a second, Brent. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm done, and I'm done, and I'm done. <laughs> um, it's changing conversation, guys. When we look at BlackBerry now, right? When we take all the assets that they have, they're pushed forward, and it's such an enterprise dominant focus. You kind of look at like Mobile Iron, one of their biggest competitors, just did an IPO, and it kind of like fell through, right? Their CFO left the company. Yeah. And a couple other, uh, you know, dramatic turnarounds that dropped the the stock like 30 percent, something crazy, you know, like something ridiculous in terms of where they were. I think they they're falling out right basically where BlackBerry is in terms of their stock price, a little bit lower. Now, with that being said, when we look at the whole scope of what BlackBerry is as an MDM hardware and software services solution provider, I really have to believe that BlackBerry at this point is doing the best thing they can in terms of securing. I think there's a lot of people trying to like come in and steal BlackBerry's energy. Be it we're going to take your flick keyboard, be it we're going to take your time shift camera, be it we're going to take, you know, you know, your customers. swipe to wait, right, your yeah. customers, right, all that. There's a lot of people trying to drain BlackBerry at this point. And I think for them to focus so hard on security and their enterprise focus and say, "We are the best. For you to catch up with us, we'll take you a decade," you know. To really drive that home for users, then maybe they can transition their footing into a consumer and try to play up that side. But right now, Chen's right in terms of turning the ship around from that consumer voyage and taking it back to the roots. What do you guys think going forward? Are you think we're gonna see like consumer acquisitions? Like I think right now, like, things like Story Maker. Why is that not cross-platform? You know, why isn't that everywhere? Because it's something you're not doing anything with. You know, BlackBerry 10 users get it as an exclusive, and that's it.
3: Most don't
0: even know it's there. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, what kind of, like, lawyer is going to long press on a video, press edit, and realize there's a native video editor, you know? <laughs> no one. Yeah. That's there's true. a lot of education problems, and I think there's a lot of focus problems in terms of BlackBerry. How many years of this enterprise focus do you think we're going to see, or do you think right now it's kind of a parallel between the two?
2: That's Well, that's what I want to bring up, since you're bringing up mobile air and all this, and... Mobile Iron—they're running into some problems because they—they're primarily a MDM company, and I think BlackBerry is realizing this now that there's more to all this than just MDM. BlackBerry does have an incredible MDM solution. Um, you know, even Google has a, a great MDM solution, but there's so—that's just a small part of, for instance, Google's business model and Microsoft's business model. Um, BlackBerry realizes this that. Really project ion Internet of things like this kind of thing is the big picture uh, MDM and being secure that's just one part of it security is going to have to be in every device the more we get connected security is in everything I've said it so many times that Blackberry is the one company that is is in that whereas mobile iron for instance they're more of an MDM they're focusing on the mobile device management blackberry security for everything so I think it has so much more. Potential and they're in the right spot. Thank I know that, that was necessarily the question, but <laughs> I, I just, about, no. I, yeah, I don't know.
0: You <laughs> you bring a good point, Alex, because it really is going to be an expanding kind of landscape for them as they go forward, right? They're really going to be focusing on, beds, you know, like they have their core, they have the arrowhead, and then they have what comes behind it, right? The rest yeah. of the offering. For them, Again, when you look at, like, Bez is composed of mobile iron. you can get BBM meetings, you can get uh, key fob authentication with hardware encryption with the device, you can get all that Bez offers, you have balance, you've got so many different aspects to what the, their MDM solution offers, and they're building and stacking upon it. You have Watch Dogs, you have SecuSmart, you have all these ways to leverage up. What about you, Chris? What are some of your thoughts in terms of BlackBerry going forward with an enterprise focus? Is that where they're going to find the most value? Or should they at some point transition and look back at the consumer and leverage all the powerful capabilities of their software to a consumer end?
3: I Basically, right now, I think that they should concentrate on the enterprise solutions and everything that comes with that. I mean, they basically set that scheduling forward. John Chan has made it no secret that he's going for that security and enterprise solution and He's going to cover all of those bases. Um, I think the other day I had a big massive rant about how uh, somebody posted that Blackberry wasn't listening to their customers and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I had a big long spiel and that that pretty much summed it up from my perspective. But, you know, I think for Blackberry right now, they really need to go ahead and focus on that stuff. Uh, The enterprise and security and Internet of Things and, you know, as much as we say, like, BlackBerry is still alive, BlackBerry is getting healthy, but the the fact of the matter is they're not 100% healthy yet. We can't basically expect them to be, uh, you know, it, the darling to everyone is what the normal term right. would be. Like, they it can't be all serve. things to
0: all people, yep.
3: Yeah, like, I mean... In my mini rant there, I said that I basically said that you know there's going to be some users that are perfectly fine with what BlackBerry is offering them now. Myself included. I don't I don't I, like there's nothing wrong with my BlackBerry now. I don't seek out anything further from my BlackBerry. I use my BlackBerry. It's perfectly fine. It suits my needs. It gives me exactly what I want. However, there are people out there who want more from their BlackBerry. And unfortunately, those people are going to have to wait until BlackBerry puts its focus back into the consumer market. Like, you know, some of the stuff that they want are by, by all standard definition, consumer items. And that's not where BlackBerry's focus is now. They're not necessarily focused. Like, they do have some solutions that are available to consumers and enterprise users they cross over and that's where that prosumer thing comes from you know that's that that covers those people you know if i want a black if i want best 12 Cloud, i can sign up for that and i can use yep. it as a consumer you know that and that covers their bases that that is an enterprise and essentially a consumer offering where it covers me as a prosumer However, like I said, a lot of their focus is on enterprise and security, and you're going to have to wait if you want a whole ton of consumer stuff pushed your way. It's not BlackBerry's focus now. They're going to go into security. They're going to go ahead and hopefully bring themselves up, make themselves even more healthier than what they are now, and then at that point in time, they can revert back. To looking at the consumer audience because who knows at that point in time, you know, in two or three years, whatever the case may be, however long it takes them to get 100% healthy again, the landscape could change, you know, people could turn against Apple, people could turn against Samsung, whatever, you know, and, and they may start looking towards those BlackBerry solutions yeah. and those BlackBerry offerings. But again, for now, it, it's, it's, We've used the term before that BlackBerry is essentially in a transition period and I still think that that that, the, that wording is applicable right now. BlackBerry is still in a transition period, they're, except for now, you know, they're not transitioning people in and out of the company, they're transitioning their customer base from basically what was essentially consumers. They were focused on consumers and now they're transitioning back into those enterprise roots again. And like I said, if you if you want a consumer focus, you're just simply going to have to wait, and it's a good thing because you know Blackberry survives that way. Blackberry gets to live on for another day, and they and be and be healthy, right? Yeah, I mean, what? How how do I how do I best say it? I mean, do you want do you want half-ass solutions from Blackberry for consumer offerings, or do you want yeah, the full full monty? Like you know, I would rather have them basically have the funding and the resources and all that to be able to go ahead and offer me their best. And as a consumer, nice. I'm not going to get their best now. I'm going to go ahead and get a a somewhat half focus solution so right much now. truth. So much yeah, you, you want know, Blackberry Link or Blackberry Blend? Yeah, like <laughs> you know and like I said the, that that focus is moving towards enterprise and that's absolutely perfectly fine there there are going to be some people who are essentially going to leave the platform because it's no longer fitting for them blackberry knows that they realize that and you know that's 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 part of of the transition back to the enterprise focus it's going to happen we know it everybody else knows it some people are going to are basically going to go elsewhere but like, right, lives on for another day, and then, as John Chen said previously, you know, maybe those customers will be win-back customers at some point in time. Maybe he can win those back by, you know, returning back to the consumer market at a later time and giving those consumers the full effort at that point. Mm-hmm.
1: I think we live in a world where that line between, you know, work and your personal life is is constantly getting more and more blurred. And I think they in the future at some point, maybe four or five years down the road, there might be that opportunity to easily, um, you know, get BlackBerry devices in that consumer space in a sense where you know a lot of people use their work devices more often at home and for telecommuting and, and stuff like that. And there could be that opportunity further down the road where they can um, feasibly come back full force and kind of bring their business offerings and make that kind of a plus on top of their consumer offering. Uh, but for the time being, I think the, the strict focus is going to be uh, the enterprise space. And that's not to say that they should just block out like I like I spoke to uh, earlier. I, I don't think they should be blocking anybody out and should be saying, this phone isn't for you. Uh, you don't understand this phone because, you know, you're a consumer. No, they should be, you know, focusing on the enterprise but also, you know, have their mind open and let other people who want to actively go after the devices able to get those devices, you
2: know? Yeah, I, but, but let's remove devices even from that because who knows in, in four or five years from now, BlackBerry might not even be selling devices. Okay, let, me, makes,
1: let, me, let me explain yeah. this. Okay, so BBM meetings came out how long ago? Uh, a few weeks ago, when you guys yeah. wanted to do the BBM meetings cast, I I was looking up BBM meetings and I was looking for information on it on the desktop client, desktop, desktop client <laughs> to see how it functioned. I could not find any documentation on how it functioned the desktop, blah, desktop client, and, and and like so even Just in see that the space, the computer
3: man, You're yeah, the computer,
1: out. whatever. Even in that space, they couldn't provide um like. Uh, you are reasonable. searching under the
0: wrong name, Brandon. No, if no, you search Zoom meetings, you would have found everything you need to do. And
1: that's I'm, the thing. It's like, I mean, okay, they want to focus on software, not just devices. But, but I mean, like, just, you know, get that information out there so people can understand how to use the software. You know, my mom was complaining to me the other day. Yeah. She had an update on her Blackberry in terms of software. She doesn't know half the stuff her Blackberry does because they, whenever they come up with an update, they don't actually have a resource that people can go to and see, oh, these are all the new features and this is actually how you use them and how they function, you know? Sure, they want to focus away from devices by all means, but you actually have to put in some legwork so that people understand what you're doing. You can't just put it out there. Be, yes. be that as it may, be it good. It's an amazing product, but if you can't vocalize and communicate how that product works, you're not going to get the few people that you have left or the few people you want to attract to actually buy your product.
2: Yeah, I mean BBM meetings, there's definitely Whoa. a lot of work they need Whoa. to do for just advertising it. Like that's, <laughs> that's, so, that's so right and so true. I guess when I, when I mentioned software before in my eyes, I think of BlackBerry and what is their biggest software asset right now. It's BBM and Blend. They kind of go hand in hand. Blend is currently not yet on cross-platform, so once it does become cross-platform, hopefully they go and they create the proper documentation and explain that. Like, I completely agree. They do need to do that very badly because meetings, in a way, has kind of flopped because they're just not advertising it that much, and it is a great tool on desktop and on mobile, um, and it's very competitively priced as well. But... What I was just saying about software in general, like their focus is going to be on software, and software, we've already seen, BBM and Blend can be a very consumer application. It is a mix between enterprise and consumer. When you're talking about just devices, right now if they're focusing devices on enterprise, that's completely fine. I'm just saying, maybe in five years they won't even have devices, and software is a lot easier to mix between the two than devices. Devices is a lot of work to build this phone and then send them out and hope they sell enough. Software, you have an unlimited amount of it. It's a thing. It's an intellectual property. It's a. It's a it's not a physical thing.
0: It's so. like it's like Alex is speaking on everything that makes it what it is, and Brandon is talking about helping people understand <laughs> what it is. Yeah. It, it, and such a, the arguments are so brilliant because they really build upon a problem that I think BlackBerry only sees half of. I think BlackBerry is focused on Alex's half, figuring out the back end, how's it going to work, how are we actually going to have it exist in this marketplace. But as Brandon has quite well elucidated for us, you really need to be able to educate people in a way that is progressive. And Blaze, maybe you can speak to this, but... I personally feel covering in covering BlackBerry News that it feels scattered. It almost feels like they're throwing things at the wall and seeing what's going to stick, especially like looking at BBM. Do you feel like there's a little bit more cohesion on the back end of what their strategy is going? Like are their roadmaps substantial or are they kind of we're, – we're still – do you think BlackBerry is confused, I guess is the question, on where yeah. they're going or do you think they have that lined out and ready to go?
3: that question actually leads right into like what I was thinking in my head right now because with Brandon what Brandon said is that he doesn't he doesn't want the doors closed to anybody however at the same time that creates a little bit of a problem to onlookers I believe because basically at that point in time you have people who will look at that situation and rather than basically Placing a focus on okay, Blackberry is an enterprise company. Blackberry is a consumer company. They just look at it and they're like, okay, this is a company that has a brand identity problem at this point because you know they don't know what who their who their audience is. They don't know who they're serving. Now, I'm not saying that that is the case. I'm saying that that is how I believe onlookers uh, would basically take it. They would look at it like I don't, I don't, I don't know who this company is serving. Because that's honestly
0: that's honestly why I'm glad there's not a lot of BlackBerry marketing right now because I feel like it would create a false impression of where they want to be in the future yeah. you know get, get, silently score the enterprise silently you know desecrate your competition right take the security build upon it and nail down that bed and then you can start marketing once you have that secure right
3: yeah, I mean that would make the most sense and I'm with you in terms of the marketing right now because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily seem as though that they have have a direct plan, I guess you could say. I don't I don't want to say that, you know, they don't know what they're doing or that they're just throwing noodles at the wall and hoping what sticks because I do believe there is a plan there and John Chen clearly has has ideas and things laid out that he wants to go ahead and make sure are fully taken care of. But at the same time, there are still those instances where you know you don't know you don't necessarily know which is the consumer offering, which is the enterprise offering, and so on. Um, it's just one of those things that hopefully, like you said, quietly capture the enterprise. If they can quietly capture the enterprise, while still appeasing to other people, and that seems like the best way best way to go about it. It helps them get the numbers up, and they can present it to people that way.
0: Absolutely, totally agree. I think we've kind of let this one be to rest. This upstream kind of went went all over the place. I want to call knowledge.
2: one thing. If anyone <laughs> is watching right now, one thing that I love about Android is. You could like double tap depending on what you have. You could double tap the screen to turn it off. What I love obviously about BlackBerry 10 is you just swipe up the screen to wake it up, but there's no way to turn the screen off without clicking you're that wrong. button on the top. You're wrong. Look. What? Look, look. <laughs> you Please swipe up.
0: You swipe up and then I swipe it back to sleep so you can No, swipe no, no. no. It up and bring it back.
2: He means when actually already woken changed. up. When you're already woken up, though, that's the thing that I don't like. If I could double tap, if you could just do a pull down from the top, down, or like something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know what I, you that's you know what what I usually do, Alex? You know
1: what? what I usually do? I, like if I want to turn it off without like pressing the lock button, I usually just, <laughs> it's this pretty cool technique. I place it on a desk. And I just leave it for a few seconds and, it, <laughs> and talks. talks.
2: Yeah, my OC doesn't it doesn't love me, dude. I I was like I can't stand seeing out of the corner of my eye the screen on wasting battery. No. Uh,
0: Alex, they built these things called advanced interaction. I know you can turn, turn it them upside them down.
2: On. I, I have them all I on. The I just don't want to put my screen <laughs> down because then I'll scratch else my screen.
0: What is I mean, besides
2: Get rid of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he wants Did to just see that. <laughs> I just want to show you that in the wallpaper, because it's totally badass, and it looks awesome on the yeah. <laughs> Red That's Passport. Really
0: is that a... Oh,
3: of course it is. The,
0: what's the director's name?
3: Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah. Yes. But it's just so perfect, like, it's got the red in the background, and it's got them in white, and it just...
2: Black flies. and red go together really nicely on a device. <laughs> that, that, like, Agreed. green. Yeah.
0: Well, we appreciate everyone uh, joining in on our rambles tonight as we tried to close out. And oh, we walk on Brandon here. I guess he's a uh, come back. <laughs> <laughs> show,
1: show and tell time, guys, for all our wallpapers. This is from uh, this oh is Saturn. God. It was a picture this taken is... in the '70s, and look how sexy it looks on a on a black passport. There we go.
0: Move, move it a little bit to your left, Brandon, because yeah. like it's kind of cut off. Your the left. screen's off now.
3: <laughs> Beautiful. That does look decent. Clean. All right.
0: <laughs> Aside from Google Hangouts quality that makes everything look awful. I'm actually I'm actually like twenty times more attractive off air, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies.
3: There's different different different. none I'm like This what right not a watching this <laughs> thing. Camera the camera of Myth is like a lie or whatever. I'm twenty pounds
2: heavy. <laughs> All right, I think we've gone too far. Alright. <laughs>
3: I was
0: gonna talk about how Chris doesn't actually have a beard. <laughs> no, we'll close it out. I really appreciate everyone for staying on for our rambles this evening. Uh, we'll be back next week on episode 46 to discuss another week. Hopefully, it's a little bit more uh, uh, easy than this this week we just went through. But Man, we appreciate it. it great. Take I
1: care. feel like
0: I, got, I feel like I got a locked off my chest, and we hope you did too. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Good night. Take it easy. Later. Good night.